This is a uh, intro episode two, yeah. part second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so last you guys joined us on our second ever, where we discussed the differences between the book and the movie, and we it got a little long. So, I think we're going to continue on from last week and give you guys more juicy details on all of the, the differences you may have missed between the book and the movie. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I missed you. I'm doing good. I I'm, know. Yeah, well, you doing. We're acting like we're acting like we don't talk every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> I know we miss you guys. We miss you guys. We don't miss each other. We we talk way too much to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we I think we're gonna just dive right in because you guys have been very patient and uh we we're gonna just pick up right where we left off and where Justina, you wanna remind us where where we left off and yeah. where we're going. Yeah. So last week we left off at the character descriptions and this week we're gonna pick right up into more details and we're gonna start with the Amas Veritas true love spell because that does not exist in the books awesome all right here we go chronologically we're gonna just go right into the true love spell mm-hmm. uh Sal is spell. in the book there's nothing like that there's yeah no in the movie we see Sally as a child do this true love spell where she has her little journal and she's pressing little rose petals into it and she writes her little Amasferitas love spell how he has one green eye one blue his favorite shape will be a star he'll be marvelously kind um he can ride a pony backwards all of that stuff none of that exists in the book and I'm so sad about it Mm -hmm. I know he just shows up on his own yeah yeah, no, but it's so cute. I like how they kind of like, they kind of tied in her magic as a child into the movie, you know? Yes. Yep. So as a child, she does that whole love spell, which actually um, ends up bringing Gary to her later on down the line. And I guess that leads to the next bit, which is Gary and Sally's first encounter. Yeah. In the book he shows up in the middle of her trying to make dinner she's making tomato sauce pasta on the stove and he rudely knocks on the door like i don't like when people interrupt me cooking get out of my kitchen (laughs) i don't have time to wash my hands and come back to this go ahead (laughs) yeah and we should also mention that um when he arrives at her house it's at her home her residence in new york not at Mm -hmm. the magnolia street residence with the aunt Mm -hmm. um and then in the movie he just strolls up on her while she's in the garden on magnolia street cutting down roses that overnight from jimmy's spirit and there is a scene this is striking to me that like uh, he's a very sensitive man and i think i wonder if being raised by his grandfather had anything to do with it but he ends Mm -hmm. up crying at her kitchen table i don't remember what what triggers (laughs) it but he he ends up crying at her table and she i would be like all right you you gotta go you know what it said it said something about him um like seeing the sight of a beautiful dark-haired woman or something of the sort like I think that's what made him cry I think I remember reading that's what makes him cry he just oh my goodness he thinks she's so beautiful and that's it's just thought that was so sweet oh um I'm gonna pop me a top (laughs) are you drinking more demon water I have a hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada oh you have a nice little beer there Mm. um yeah and in the movie there is no crying at all on Gary's part right but he is kind he gives them the time of day he knows they're like lying like he knows like okay but I still need to do my job um but god we should go all into like oh you are kissing a suspect yeah what's going on Gary so but all right all right let's talk about Jimmy's ring because as before when we were talking about his description it, it is both a big deal in both the book and very much yeah in the book it is described as it's a big chunk of silver with three panels a saguaro cactus is etched into one side panel a coiled rattlesnake on the other and in the center there is a cowboy on horseback (laughs) i think there's a line in there somewhere that like you would not want to be hit by that right yeah that could yeah that would cut you right open 
Oh, yeah. In the movie, it doesn't really talk about him hitting people with it, but it does talk about him branding people with it, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't, I failed to put in my notes, but I just thought about that now. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was an interesting tidbit. And in the movie, I just thought it was interesting how the writers were like, we don't have time for all of this detail on that ring. We're just going to make mm-hmm. it a skull head with a snake. <laughs> yeah, coming it, out of the eyeball, which is, like, I think it's was. for sale somewhere. I yeah, thought they're like, you can buy it. On, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's some replicas floating around on Etsy. The whole theme and the whole plot of the toad throwing up the ring is prominent in both the book and the movie. It is. Yeah, toads show up a lot in the book and the movie. But in this case, in the book, Kylie, the daughter, is making a cake in the kitchen and she notices a frog on the windowsill and the fro- the toad throws, I think it's a toad. Is it, or is it a frog? We're going to say it's a toad. Throws up the ring <laughs> while she's baking a cake some for kind her of, BF Gideon. Yeah, we got to double check that because I know there's differences and there's going to be zoologists out there coming at us. Nah, yeah. that's a toad. And in the movie, it's Gary and Sally that see the toad throw up Jimmy's ring in the garden when Gary goes over for pancakes and to question the girls about Jimmy's disappearance. Yes, it's very incriminating. He's like, oh, well, yeah. then how the fuck this get here then? <laughs> what you was girls, you better trip? get yourselves a damn good lawyer. <laughs> Don't even think about leaving town. Don't even think about leaving town. Oh, Ooh. my God. Right. Oh, yeah, they which, are in some deep water there. Which then brings us to um, Jimmy's death next. And in yeah. the book, Jimmy uh, dies of Belladonna. Um, they think it builds up in his bloodstream over time. Jillian thinks she's the one who kills him. Jimmy dies in uh, their car at a rest stop while looking for cigarettes in the glove box or the glove compartment while they're on a road trip. Uh, Jillian says she had been coming to visit Sally at that time when it happened. Um, Jimmy is singing Dwight Yoakam, whom I love. I love Dwight Yoakam. Uh, moments before he dies. And I think the song is Eyes of a Clown or something like that. The Dwight Yoakam song? Yeah. <laughs> Something about a clown. Uh, there's no resur- Yeah, there's no resurrection spell. Uh, they bury him as soon as they can drag his ass out of the car, basically. <laughs> um, so when Jillian shows up, she's like, yo, you want to see him? And Sally's like, no, not really. But yeah. yeah and yeah. Sally's like, oh, shit, he is handsome. Yeah. But what are we going to do with this dead body? So they bury him right away. I don't know if the lilacs were already growing, but the- where they bury him, lilacs uh, start in they're out of control like people come from all over to see these massive lilacs in sally's new york yard and there's no mention of tequila anywhere yeah i even magnified the glass i magnified glass the shit out of the book (laughs) on my kindle reader and i was like how is there no tequila anywhere what did you say earlier it's loud (laughs) what i say it's loud in my mouth it's loud in my mouth It's loud in my mouth. It's loud in my mouth. All right. Um, so take us to the movie, please. I will take you to the scene. So Jimmy's death in the movie, he dies of a belladonna overdose, but it's pretty much instantly because Sally puts a little too much in the tequila. <laughs> she mm. puts all the belladonna in the tequila bottle while driving him and Jillian after going to get her to bring her home after one of his violently abusive outbursts. And he's in the back seat, kind of threatening to brand Jilly, and uh, Sally's kind of freaking out. So they kind of do their little esp sisterly kind of like mind mm-hmm. reading thing and um, jilly's like get the belladonna it's in my bag but then sally uh-huh. kind of overdoes it a little bit she says one of my favorite lines later on which which is um i don't know jillian i wasn't using a measuring cup he was trying to kill <laughs> you trying to kill you um <laughs> What? Have you seen, you can get a little um, vinyl you can put on your rear view mirror that says the Belladonna is in my bag. Oh, I love Super it. Super cute. I want yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. So instead of Dwight Yoakam, as he listens to in the book, he actually, in the movie, he listens, he's singing to Elvis Presley, um, You Were Always On My Mind, moments before he dies. And in the movie, they attempt to resurrect Jimmy with a spell from the aunt's grimoire. And then when he tries to choke Jillian again, Sally kills him again by hitting him over the head with a frying pan. And then they bury him. So in the movie, he dies twice. In mm-hmm. the book, he only dies once and they bury him right away. No resurrection spell. Then he's buried under the arbor in the garden on the Magnolia Street property in Massachusetts. And then roses grow instead of lilacs. And in the movie, tequila is Jimmy's kryptonite and is a huge plot point in the storyline. And it was also the thing that saves the day at the end of the movie. Yes. So there's a lot about Jimmy that differs between the book and the movie. 
Yeah. I'm glad they gave him a bit more. Like I know in the books, yeah. they, they do kind of say like, like they went shooting at prairie dogs at one point, but at here he's like, he's more prominent. And I, I appreciate that because he's a good bad guy. Do you think that he wakes up a second time because of the spell or do you think it was the belladonna like ebbing and flowing in his system i thought but that's a good point because i don't know which side of the fence i'm on i always thought it the spell didn't work i always thought like the spell part was like like when he kind of comes back his spirit keeps coming back through the roses and stuff like that but i always thought it was like the belladonna kind of like messing with his system when he comes back before they bop him with a frying pan yeah yeah i can vibe with that that whole theory mm-hmm. i like that okay. whole theory and also in the book i do want to mention that he they describe his vileness a lot more in the book like in the movie yeah. they they do paint him as that this like pretty boy like suave guy and like we only see a little bit of his abusive behavior um, but in the book, they really go, they really describe his vileness. And yeah. there is even one point where Jillian mentions that they were house sitting for one of their somebody and he mm-hmm. um, put their cat in the freezer or the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like, that's horrible. Because yeah, it was annoying him or something. Yeah. Oh, it peed on the floor. That's what happened. It peed oh. on the floor. So he put it in the fridge and Jillian had to take it out while he was sleeping at night so the poor thing didn't freeze to death and yeah. i was just like it, oh my god that is horrible and it's like it had ice crystals on its yeah. whiskers and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that um my heart. i think i so i saw the movie first and then i realized it was a book so i think i got the book if we're if so i'm in sixth grade I get the book and it is probably a little too mature for a sixth grader, in my opinion. Like one of the first lines and this like took me aback. So like reading Jimmy's abuse, I was like, whoa, like, okay, yeah, yeah, there's bad dudes out there. But like one of the first lines Jillian says to Sally in the book is like, fuck them. And I think that was the first time I ever read a swear word in a book. And I don't, I remember my mom taking me to, I don't know if it was Barnes. No, it wasn't Barnes, Borders, Borders books. Uh And I got the book and she didn't know like, yeah. But yeah, that's the first time I remember reading like a more something above my reading yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do remember reading the book for the first time and seeing like the F bomb and being like, whoa. <laughs> and and I, I read the book after I saw it because I also didn't know it was mm-hmm. a book until after I saw the movie. And I remember reading that and I was like, wow, the movie is not this um, bold, not vulgar. I mean, the book. It, it has its moments, but it, I wouldn't consider it vulgar by any means. But It's realistic. But yeah, it is like, definitely with a little language. more realistic with the language. So that did kind of take me aback when I first read it as a, a teenager, a late teenager. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess the next thing, let's move on to the contents of Sally's letter to Jillian. Yeah, it's uh, basically in the book. She is urging Jillian to leave Jimmy. I should have copied and pasted like what it said. Did it did it elaborate on what it I said? I think it just said just you have to leave him or it was very short and to the point. It didn't really go to into like the whole entire letter. Like she actually writes the letter and we see her write the entire letter in the movie. Um, it was just very short and to the point and said that the letter was basically like you have to leave him. And that's all it really said about it. So do you think that you could for the movie contrast uh, do do us a bit of a favor and read do you think you could do it from your mind, like re- the, her, what her letter says to Jillian? So sometimes I feel like there's a hole inside of me, an emptiness that at times seems to burn. I think if you lifted my heart to your ear, you could probably hear the ocean. The moon tonight, there's a circle around it, sign of trouble, not far behind. I have this dream of being whole, of not going to sleep each night, wanting, but still sometimes when the wind is warm or the crickets sing. By the way, I love when she says crickets, when the crickets sing. Mm -hmm. I dream of a love that even time will lie down and be still for. I just want someone to love me. I want to be seen. I don't know. Maybe I had my happiness. I don't want to believe it, but there is no man, Jilly. Only that moon. Hell yeah. Good job. So ever (laughs) since... The book and the, and the movie, like anytime I see, and I'm like tw- sixth grade, like there's a ring around the moon. We got to be careful. Ever since then, that has always been my <laughs> Where's superstition. Where's my tiger's eye? <laughs> yeah. And like, if a broom eye. falls, company's coming. That's, those are my, that's how superstitions yeah. start. And so it sounds like at this point in the movie, like Sally's back on the market. She, she's yeah. ready to fall in love again. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting. I never kind of thought about that so I wonder how long between how how long it was for her we we have a 
a section of when she's mourning for Michael, but it really doesn't say how long it was in the movie. I'm going to say a few years, maybe no more than that, because when we see Michael in the beginning of the movie, we still see the girls are very little. Mm -hmm. And then by the time she moves in with the aunts, the girls are a little older. They're like approaching maybe like, I don't know, I want to say maybe six and eight. Well, but they're dancing around the the living room together. They're, they're, they're older than Rachel Wood. And okay. yeah, I think they're in their older stays. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe a year or two, if that. I wouldn't say. If any anybody has that. a theory, yeah. please tell us. I'd love to know. Yeah. So the next thing we have is um, the through line of them being outcasts. In the book, we get more detail about uh, some cruel jokes that were being played on the sisters. And the one passage says... Someone put an open ant farm in her locker when Sally was in fourth grade so that for weeks she found squashed ants between the pages of her books. In fifth grade, a gang of boys left a dead mouse in her desk. One of the cruelest children had glued a name tag to the mouse's back. S-A-L-I had been scrawled in crude letters. So in the movie, the um, the cruelty and the out the whole outcast theme was kind of shown by the town's children throwing stones and taunting the girls, saying, witch, witch, you're a bitch. And the girls asking, why do they hate us so much? The horse, which we know his name is Samson. We see that scene when the, the aunts are coming out of the post office and the townspeople are visibly avoiding them as they're trying to walk through town. And they kind of just take it so lightheartedly. They're like, oh, Samson. Like, you know, it's That's just the, like just they're, knock it off. Yeah, they're just they're paying no mind to all these idiots that, that are like causing mm-hmm. all of this. They're so um, used to h- it. Hysteria it like. for no reason. Yeah. yeah. And like the mom that, that is walking at them with a small child, like covers the child's eyes. She's yeah. like, don't look at them. Yeah. My Very God. sad. Yeah. That, I guess that brings us to the aunts and their kind of outlook on the whole thing, right? Yes. The In the movie, there's a very famous line, which I've, I dearly, dearly love, but it's a little bit different in the book. So from the books, it says, goodness, in their opinion, was not a virtue, but merely spinelessness and fear disguised as humility. And in the movie, their quote is, being normal is not necessarily a virtue. It rather denotes a lack of courage. I just want to tattoo that on my ass. I love that. I love it. Um, So the next thing we want to talk about is one of the big, kind of like the most ritualized spell we see in the movie. And that involves the heart of a dove. Um, So this heart of a dove line is both in the book and the movie. Uh, In the book, we experience or we are introduced to a character known at the beginning of the book as the drugstore girl. And she is a client of the aunts. She comes to the aunt's back door. The porch light is on. We later learn her name. But for right now, she's the drugstore girl. And it says, who arrived one dark evening wasn't pretty, but she was known for her kindness and sweet disposition. And she is described as being eaten alive by love. All right. So in the movie, there's a random client that comes to the door. She also does not have a name. And she's not even seen for the rest of the movie, I believe. Right. Um, she's in the the circle, the coven circle at she, the end. She comes okay. with her broom. Yeah. Okay. So she says to the aunts, I want him to want me so much that he can't stand it. And she has a picture of him that she carries with her. So clearly he's, he's married. He's a married man. Yeah. He's fine. Like he's okay looking. Like yeah, he's fine. No, he I wonder what that backstory is. <laughs> and then Jenny says, like "Be careful. Be careful what you wish for, because like you have to be like with with everything. Be careful how you phrase things. You got to be specific mm-hmm. when it comes to universe. And I'm assuming very specific when it comes to the aunts. So in that regard, we have another passage from the book. The passage of the good book says, they gave her the heart of a dove set on one of their best saucers. And she was supposed to repeat, my lover's heart will feel this pin and his devotion I will win. There will be no way for him to rest nor sleep until he comes to me to speak. Only when he loves me best will he find peace and with peace rest. This is a whole big to-do. After uh, this spell happens, this shop girl gets what she wants. And unfortunately, it's... Have you ever seen Dream Master? It's called Dream Master or something. And when you wish for something, it kind of gets twisted. And it's a like worst way. So the spell turns into this man leaving his wife and marrying the shopkeeper or excuse me the drugstore girl and he won't leave her alone it's almost too much he's he so infatuated right? he is obsessed with her he won't let 
her go to the bathroom on her own. She says, he wants to fuck me day and night. Like she goes back to the aunt's house to either get her money back or get some kind of reversal curse. But the aunts are watching from inside the house. They notice the drugstore girl coming up the lane. Sally and Jillian are in the garden. So unfortunately, this woman takes out her anger on on the girls and ends up slapping Sally. So the aunts see this and from inside the house, they enchant this woman so she can never speak again. So even if she wanted to tell her husband to go away, she wouldn't be able to. Yeah. And in the movie, well, what you said in the book, they they put she they gave her the heart of the dove and she set it on a saucer. And that's pretty much the extent that did, did she stick it. I guess she stuck it with the pin in the book, too. Right. Yes. Yes. So she does the same thing in the movie. And that's when Sally kind of shields her eyes and she says, I don't ever want to fall in love. I never mm-hmm. want to fall in love. And then Jilly goes, I can't wait to fall in love. So we kind of see from like the get go, I guess, the self-destructive behavior or the path that J- that Jilly's already she this woman is setting an example for Jilly I think at that young Mm -hmm. age and she sees you know what this woman wants and that you know she's gonna get it with I guess the magic that yeah yeah I think she's seeing like if you want it bad enough there's always a way to get it like whether you throw money at it whether you use your charm to get it whether you con your way there um and then she ends up with Jimmy who gets exactly what he wants all the time through fear you know Mm -hmm. and bullying and all that stuff so yeah yeah but yeah that same actress was was credited and we see her at the very just for like a split second okay when all the women go down to pick up their brooms she's the Mm. only one who stays standing because she already has her broom in her hand which is weird because like the there are the circle is already made with the brooms i don't know what happened there (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to watch that scene back i don't remember seeing her at the end but i'm gonna look out for her so if anybody wants to do like a viewing party later down the line we are gonna try to make that happen it'll be really fun all right, let us uh, talk about the Death Watch Beetle in the book. Oh, so this is kind of going to go over how Sally and Michael get together. Uh, but Sally meets Michael outside of a hardware store that he works at. And in the movie, the aunts cast a spell on Sally and Michael, and they see him while they're walking through town when they leave the post office. And Sally's kind of sulking about missing Jillian and not feeling like she fits in. And then, you know, her and Michael kind of catch each other's eye. And the aunts kind of take note of that. And they kind of take that and run with it. And they, all they want to do is see Sally happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide to set the spell or cast the spell on Sally and Michael. So they meet in the street, basically. They meet on the street while mm-hmm. he's selling produce and they're just walking through town. Yeah, it's not just like a catch of the eye. He stops in the middle of the street, yeah, what he he's doing. Stop. He sets his little dolly to park and she turns around <laughs> and then she does her little trip she thing which trips. is adorable oh it's yeah. so cute yes um uh, and the book we actually learn uh, a lot about um the relationship between the aunts and michael they grow really fond of him and the excerpt from that part of the book is when michael moved in the house itself began to change even the bats in the attic knew it and took it to nesting by the garden shed by the following june roses had begun to grow along the porch railing choking out the ragweed instead of the other way around in january the draft in the parlor disappeared and ice would not form on the bluestone path the house stayed cheery and warm yeah and in the movie sally and michael seem to have a loving normal life that Sally always wanted, but we never really learn about his relationship with the aunts or anybody else in the family or in the town for that matter. We don't really know much about him other than I guess like he is a really loved town townsperson because mm-hmm. as he's walking through with, you know, his crate of apples. Everybody's that, talking in, at him. In that dreaded scene, everybody he's like, at, he's making chit chat with the people in town. Like, how's your wife? How's this person yeah. doing? So, you know, he he's a really loved guy. He's a really mm-hmm. down to earth, very cool guy. I always wanted that. I always wanted that like, Hey, how's it going like who's mm-hmm. it what you got going on later i kind of yeah. get that in my neighborhood every now and then but yeah so both the book and the movie we have a black dog uh similarity with that again the famous scene i think is a nick drake song called black eyed dog which is very mm-hmm. interesting so we then come to the fateful turn of michael's demise in the book he is killed by uh drunk teen drivers as he steps off a curb i think it says uh, while they were celebrating their youth or something like that which is <laughs> bullshit Go ahead. And in the movie, he is killed by, well, first, he is faked out by a fucking Tour de France that's riding <laughs> through this small town in, in, in this little fishing village in Massachusetts. What? What is, yeah, what is this race? 
why is there a race at like first of all this seems like it's going on at like 5 a.m before the whole world is up why why is there a bike race this early in the morning and it's not even like you know bike races usually have people on the sidelines like a parade kind of deal watching like this is so freaking random (laughs) this race just rolls through town and you know he's kind of standing there like scared for a moment but then he kind of just like relaxes and his he kind of just like zones out for a minute just letting it pass letting it pass and then it passes and we think he's okay and then boom he's by a truck <laughs> and his apples fly everywhere and then boom <laughs> oh his my apples gosh go everywhere yeah. I don't know about you but the first time I saw it I was like yeah because I saw the bicycles coming and I was like oh no oh no it's that kind of movie oh my gosh this is gonna be so gruesome and then I was like oh good and then it was like yeah 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 and you know what I always wonder what that truck driver's story was like what yeah what happened was right in the middle of the road you were not following those cyclists that close to not see a man in the middle of the road like what everything about that just made makes no sense to me (laughs) but anyway Hollywood it's a movie Uh, so we'll move on (laughs) all right we have so poor Michael R.I.P um in the book Sally mourns for him um she just goes into complete shutdown depression like taken over by grief um she doesn't talk for a year it mentions that her hair is like knotted and it's losing its color and she doesn't eat um um so at this time the aunts are responsible for their daughters yeah and in the movie um sally asks the aunts to bring michael back they refuse saying he'll come back as something dark and unnatural she goes through the grimoire we see all those marvelous gorgeous beautiful in that Mm -hmm. grimoire um their aunts just simply refuse to do it um so she's you know she's depressed she's in bed all the time under the covers she's not brushing her teeth as jillian clearly (laughs) throws her under the bus to us so we know she's not brushing her teeth um you know she's really not even taking her kids to school we see Mm -hmm. or kylie come in during that one scene like hey mom like you know we're going to to go to school yeah and you know she's just like not having any of it she said i'm just so tired which is like a big like that depression you're just so tired all right after this um disaster i'm assuming he's buried in massachusetts sally takes uh her daughters and she moves to new york she's in search of that that normalcy that normal life she wants to get get gone yeah and in the movie she moves back with the aunts with the with her two girls uh kylie and antonia and um this prompts jillian to visit her during the night and the aunts don't know it nobody nobody knows that Jillie comes back just to see her for that one night just to check in with her and kind of just make sure she's okay as we talked about earlier since um their mother died she just wants to make sure she's not gonna go down that same path as their mom and leave her little girls you know yeah so the now at this point we're gonna start scooting I think there's a bit of a time jump so in the in our story like in the movie we see sally like open her shop we see quite a few other things happen but um we're gonna jump to the mention of the ring around the moon which is in both the book and the movie and here we go the moon is acknowledged first when we have the scene of sally helping jillian bury the already dead jimmy and it's described as having a ring around it yeah and in the film the moon is acknowledged when sally is writing the letter to jillian prior to getting jilly's phone call and prior to jimmy's death it's almost an omen and she mm-hmm. describes it as blood not ring around the moon. yeah we should look up because the, there's like a scientific that's like the the humidity in the air mm. but we should look up what the the deal is but i still think i'm like i'm gonna watch myself a little closer tonight right i see it next we have the belladonna incident the od of belladonna in the book jillian um shows up with jimmy already dead in the car the yeah. belladonna has already been in his system he out yeah and then in the movie sally attempts to rescue uh sally attempts to rescue jillian and both are kidnapped they kill jimmy with the belladonna then they take jimmy back to the aunt's house so yeah the aunts were not home with the kids because they were at the solstice celebration so they take the opportunity to try out this resurrection spell that doesn't work he comes well it does work but you know as prom as the aunts promise it's not going to be the same guy it's going to be something dark and unnatural so ultimately they bop him over the head with a frying pan he dies a second time through both of these instances jillian her smoking habit is kind of i guess acknowledged yes 
yes that's acknowledged correct yeah okay so we got jimmy we got jimmy in the garden uh in both stories at the moment i think we kind of mentioned before we skimmed over that toads are a big symbol in this story so toads are present and we also uh see jimmy's boots in the movie but there is also a mention of the boots peeking out in the story yep and yeah and also wait can i just interject real quick and mention that in the movie i had i okay when we were doing research for this podcast i was really i went through this movie with a fine tooth comb and i did oh my god i was looking at every single angle and every single detail and i (sighs) had never noticed this before but in the scene when they're doing the resurrection spell when they're finding the ingredients they do a very quick pan to the grimoire and there is a toad on the page i had never noticed i never noticed that before and i was like that's cool that's why there's toads around this that is his animal yeah dude not not just not just jimmy but i guess like the dark energy of whatever this spell brings back is present in the grimoire and it's it has that in the page so it's like that's why he's a that's why there's toads around him it's just that dark energy that that spell um i guess manifests itself as yeah look at you dude okay i have to say like it's really cool being able to say like in doing research this is my favorite thing in the world and to be able to be like i'm doing research and i get to tell everybody about it it's so fun it's so fun and i'm sure other people probably have noticed this before but this is just my discovery and i'm just like oh Mm -hmm. my god i never noticed Mm -hmm. that before that makes so much sense now (laughs) yeah yeah awesome dude and all right, in the books, we have um, lilacs that grow out of season as a representation of his power, I guess, his presence. Yeah. So in the movie, it's roses that grow overnight. Yes. Which brings us to the famous Midnight Margaritas. Oh, so we are going to do a margarita um, inspired session at one point. I yes. really hope. In the book, we have, um, we do have a margarita scene and it is Jillian kind of trying to get Sally out of her funk. Jillian forces Sally outside for a bit of a sit. They have a sit in some lawn chairs in the yard um, with some margaritas. Uh, and I think there's a line of like the, the breeze or the humidity like slaps her in the face, like in a good way. Um, but the aunts are not involved. There's no, um, you know, there's no fun dancing around. Yeah, there's no midnight margarita spell in the book either. And believe it or not, even though they have a margarita in the book, there is still no mention of tequila, which blows my mind. No, but- yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyway, in the movie, they dance around the kitchen. The aunts make the midnight margaritas. It's an, it's a thing because when uh, Jillian is trying to wake Sally up, they both scream midnight margaritas. Like like mm-hmm. they've done this before. This is mm-hmm. not this is not a first time deal. Like this is a thing. <laughs> so when they do th- when they hear the midnight margaritas cooking up in the um, kitchen downstairs, it's the highlight of the whole movie. They dance around the kitchen. They scream. Harry and Nielsen, baby. Yeah, lighting yeah. the cooking that night. They scream and cackle. They sit around the table. They get drunk together. They insult the shit out of each other, and it's the best part of the whole damn movie. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's kind of also <laughs> the I guess the catalyst and the turning point when things start to get really dark, right? Yeah. Yeah, because when watching the movie, when the aunts are like, someone left it on the porch, (laughs) I thought that was just them being affected. I don't know. I knew there was a Jimmy connection, but I had read like he possessed them. And I'm like, he did? I don't know where I read this, like the the possession of, I I don't know where I read this, but. Uh I guess we'll talk about Gary Hallett looking for Jimmy. Let's do it. Did Uh, we do that already? We did that. We kind of mentioned before that in the description, what happened. So in the book, Jimmy is wanted for deaths of college students. Uh, He was selling Jimson. He was selling drugs, but they were laced with Jimson weed. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then in the movie, he was wanted for homicide and multiple young women. So he's basically a serial killer. Kind of in both the book and the movie, it's noted that Sally is incapable of lying to Gary. She can't lie to him. Of course you can lie to him. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I left. Oh, my gosh. Have you noticed in that scene? So she says, "We I left him because he hit me and we haven't seen him since. And yeah. Sally's trying to, like, go through it in her mind. And as she's going down the stairs, she says, I, le- I left. Sorry. I left him because I hit him and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> she like misses, I left him because I hit him. <laughs> Yeah, she's her like whole like I guess crisis mode is hysterical 
yeah she's just like in a crisis she's just horrible mm-hmm. but it's like it's funny because it's kind of the like flip-flop the other way around when like they kill jimmy for the first time yes and then nicole mm-hmm. Kidman's freaking out and then sally's like all right mm-hmm. we got this and she just did what she needed to do dude which is beautiful like they they are that for each other in that time of need yeah and it's you like know? it's almost like sally's comfort or sally her crisis mode is using her magic and what she's good at and Jillian's crisis mode is kind of using her lies and her con artist side of her to get what she wants so it's kind of like it's interesting how that flip-flop yeah in both of those instances so let's talk about Jimmy's spirit presence yeah in the book uh we have um his his presence being noticed I, I guess it's not even noticed right away but little things start disappearing so I think like Sally's silver picture frame, like a a picture frame starts disappearing. Um, Jillian's boots go missing. And then like a big in was the car Jillian uses to get to work. Just to, she can't, like where the car, where the car go? So she ends up walking to work and the car is at work, uh, which is very strange. Yeah. And in the movie, it's just basically toads. That's basically it. Just toads, right? We could also put in like the tequila showing up on the uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The tequila showing up randomly. Is there anything else? Um, The rose is growing. mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what else. Oh, and the the toad burping up the ring. Yeah. So a lot more like natural, like earthy occurrences that he can control rather than manipulating like solid objects yeah yeah (laughs) and in the book we have um kylie who in the book is the younger daughter who's the very tall brunette um can see see auras she can sense him she can see him in the garden okay and then in the movie kylie is the older daughter and she sees him from the window when um sally's like can you please go get the mint and she's like, not nah, while well, he's out there. And she mm-hmm. sees him. She sees him there. It's not necessarily the aura, but she sees like his figure and his mm-hmm. spirit out there. And she's totally freaked out by that. So the book, uh, Jillian is not possessed at all. There's no possession. Yeah. And in the in the movie, obviously, we see that whole thing go down. <laughs> yeah. Um, to kind of combat this, Sally goes out and she to the dismay of a lot of like townsfolk who love the lilac she goes and cuts the lilacs down to stumps yeah and in the movie she does the same thing but she cuts down the roses which gary rolls up on her while she's doing so and he's kind of like isn't it a little early for roses yeah really like mid project again okay so i guess they kept that in there of him kind of coming in at at not opportune time right because sally's trying to project mode and then for Jimmy Spirit, lastly, in the books, the aunts do end up coming to New York to help the girls get rid of Jimmy's spirit. And then um, at the end of the movie, the coven comes together to lift Owen's the Owen's curse and banish Jimmy's spirit. And, you know, another weird thing that I think I saw this like in the IMDb, kind of like the blooper section, the aunts or uh, Sally and Jilly, when the aunts have the tequila bottle during the margarita scene, they throw it in the sink and it breaks. Right? Mm-hmm. So at the end when nothing is working to banish the spirit from Jimmy. And Sally's like, I got it. I'll be right back. Where does she get that tequila bottle from? Oh my gosh. It broke. Oh my gosh. So is that his spirit bringing it back again? Like what? That's so weird. Where did it come from? Girl, good on you. I've never noticed that. Neither did I. I I, I read that in like the, uh, I think the blooper section in IMDb. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I read that. I was like, oh my God, that's right. But thinking now if the aunts found it on the porch because didn't they get rid of the tequila bottle before they buried him like who put that I on the porch oh no yeah they i think it would have been left in the car because right. we see them drag him to the so house if this bottle if they keep trying to get rid of this bottle and it keeps reappearing what the fuck then that's definitely yep. him like all right let's them. <laughs> Do you want to talk about phone tree day? Phone tree day. So in the book, it's called a snow chain, which I had never heard of, um, even growing up in the 90s. And I know you too, like you, we're not part of a phone tree. We just tune into our local news to see if our school district is closed. Yeah, I don't think the PTA was ever in charge of telling us when school was going to close. They usually run like fundraisers and stuff like that. They don't really Mm -hmm. have anything to do with school closures. So, um, and then in the movie, um, Sally was last on something called the phone tree. I'm wondering if it's because in the the overarching story, they're on an island and maybe it's it's supposed to be like, 
Oh, but it well, does know. It's Massachusetts. Yeah, but the but having connection, like having connection with people might be easier by phone than it is mm. to get the news. Okay. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows why that was changed over, but mm-hmm. that's a fun scene regardless. Yeah. yeah. Let's jump back to Jimmy really quick. We're going to talk about how they got rid of this some bitch and when they poured whatever was in the cauldron on his grave. So in the books, the aunts mix up lye and lime to pour over his grave, which I think it, they talk about in Fight Club, they talk about how soap is made yeah, with lye and what that can do to a body. So mm-hmm. that would be in the book. Okay. And yeah, in the movie, it's never stated what exactly is in the cauldron mixture that they pour onto Jimmy's grave. Um, the only thing that we really see is, what is it, Aunt Frances kind of stirring it and one of the phone tree members or coven members there they kind of like make a face and she's mm-hmm. like stirring it she's like excellent for the pores <laughs> like, <laughs> that thing is bubbling yeah it's it got like bubbling. chunks it got yeah. it's got the bubbles it's got the vapors oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep. so this concoction in the books is poured over the lilac stumps in sally's yard in new york yeah and in the movie it's poured onto the grave under the rose vines in the garden on magnolia street um yeah so a bit on magnolia street i think we talked a little last episode but and i think we have more to discuss but in the books the blue stone path is mentioned excuse me i have a Lacroix and a beer i am a gassy oh my goodness <laughs> you're bubbly i am a bubbly girl in the books the blue stone path is mentioned and it says so after they pour their cauldron onto Jimmy's grave, the aunts decide um, that they are going to really seal this sucker up. So they carry along, this is from the book, they carry along 20 blue stones inside their large suitcase, stones Maria Owens had brought to the house on Magnolia Street more than 200 years ago. Stones such as these form the path of the aunt's garden. And it also says that it would be enough stones to fashion a small patio in the spot where the lilacs once grew. And in the movie, there's absolutely no mention of the Blue Stone Path or their significance. But we do see, we do actually see the Blue Stone Path in the movie. And then Jimmy's death resolution, right? Yeah. At the very end, we have some kind of solace in knowing that. So the girls think that they are in deep trouble because Jillian has convinced herself that she has killed him. So in the end, the girls get a letter from Gary saying that, uh, Jimmy's death they're cleared of Jimmy's death because he had planted Jimmy's ring on a random unidentified person in the desert who was burned beyond recognition and then he sends a case clearance letter to Sally stating that she's off the hook yeah so then in the movie Gary doesn't plant the ring on anyone he sends the ring Back to Sally in the case clearance letter, which Jillian then throws in the fire of brambles that Sally is burning near Jamie's grave. Um, The cause of death in the letter was deemed by Officer Hallett as simply accidental and no other details are explained. Awesome. So something I think I left out was before when I was saying like Jillian thinks, this is why I was getting confused. When Jillian thinks she killed him, there is a like a little part in the book that says the aunts were like, no, this was not even enough belladonna to kill like a shrew or something, something small. She was like, it would have taken a lot more to kill this six foot man. Like you didn't have any part of this. Like his heart just gave out. I completely missed that. Yeah, I forgot to add it in. But um, okay, that, so yeah, she's off the hook. They don't kill him then. They don't kill him. Or she I guess him. not. In the book, no, she she's off the hook. But she thinks she does throughout the whole story until the, the aunts come well, at the very end. What if the aunts are mistaken? What if the aunts... You're questioning the aunts? <laughs> well, okay, I'm a Sagittarius. I have to look into every friggin' aspect yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the meaning of life? But, um... <laughs> 42. <laughs> what if the aunts just are are uh, what if they're just referring to the little bit that Jillian gave him before right before his death they don't know that Jillian has had been giving it to him had over time, consistently yeah. been giving him this over time and maybe she was right maybe it did accumulate in his bloodstream like I don't know how Belladonna if Belladonna works like that but if it does then yeah she could have definitely have been the the source culprit. of the culprits yes 
that's a good theory yeah that's awesome that's a really good what do you guys think point. let us know in our vote in our voice messages <laughs> yeah really should we take a poll should we do a poll yeah, on this I did know she kill him in the books yeah <laughs> any book readers out there all right so we're coming to the end of the story here so we have a couple more little um i guess topics to cover and then we'll take another quick break yeah one of those things is jillian's relationship <laughs> what does sally say she is really bad with men or what did she say yeah something to that extent oh i want to know that line now so um this story contains in the book at least quite a few additional characters one of those characters is ben fry who over time ends up courting <laughs> falling in love with trying to get with jillian they end up together in the end of the book and she agrees to marry him was ben fry kylie's teacher like wasn't he like a science he was. teacher he is and yeah didn't he's Kylie the science have, like, teacher. A thing for him she had a crush on him real good she had a crush on him and julie like her little her little slutty slut aunt came along and was like nope he's mine and yeah because like, what is kylie gonna do she's just a kid like i was gonna say like <laughs> hey we're the same age and, and jillian didn't even really want him she was like no like yeah. you're gonna end up dead <laughs> yeah own. yeah that's right yep um so yeah in the movie there is no ben fry character um by the end of the book she agrees to marry ben fry i don't remember if they actually got married then and there do you remember i think did they elope it was like i think it was something the entry was like that following saturday they got married something small so jilly is married by the end of the book but in the movie at the end of the movie she's more grounded and accepting of her roots and who she is and she's single for the very first time since she pretty much left magnolia street and it's she's perfectly happy with that and she she planted her roots back on magnolia street and that could be symbolized i just thought of this while i was writing these notes i think that could be symbolized by her holding the beets or that root she has like some kind of root vegetable it looks like beets yeah or or turnips or something some kind of root vegetable so that to me symbolizes like she's planting her roots she's going Mm -hmm. back to her roots she's happy with who she is she's happy being single she don't need no mans to give her some (laughs) half-assed meaning of love like Mm -hmm. she's happy which Which is Jillian yeah that's that's cool that's I love that I think I as far like I love the book I don't get me wrong but I don't think every character needs a happy ending and I really loved that they put her happy with herself in the in the film yeah absolutely Yeah. And then Sally's relationship. Yeah, in both in both of them, she ends up with Gary. Um, so mm-hmm. in the book, she <sighs> Sally thinks that the aunts have spelled Gary into coming back because I think she notices the heart of a dove on a platter. However, it it's her it's our homegirl. It's Jillian who comes in for the swing batter batter. Like, no, not a miss, but a home run. She calls up our boy Gary and is like, dude, what are you doing? And he ends up heeding the call and coming coming to Magnolia Street. Um, I also wanted to mention the fried chicken. Do you remember the fried chicken in the movie? No, in the book. In the book. In the book. It's not in the. It's not in the finale. It's in the scene where Sally confesses to Gary that they they often no oh and they're in the car and it's like oh yeah that's gross rain gross didn't remember when i remember when i reread this like back when we were writing the the songs and i i remember messaging you messaging you and i was like yeah but like why did he leave a whole bucket of fried chicken out in the rain that's such a waste of chicken like i know he put it outside while they were talking why wouldn't you just stick it in the back seat i was like what the hell you idiot (laughs) (laughs) give me that chicken i want it um but yeah in the movie sally releases a leaf possibly a sign of her releasing her grief but it's also a call to gary who later shows up in the garden to i guess seal the deal and be like yeah, yeah. i want to be with I yeah. think we're for each other yeah yeah so they yep he shows up in the end on magnolia street which leads us to the grand finale the grand finale um the the very yes it is (laughs) there's unfortunately no jumping off the roof on hollow's eve in the story i hate that that scene is so short i wish it's very short i love i love the halloween scene yeah that house is beautifully lit like it's a blue blue background you see the silhouettes of the trees and the house is glowing it's all orange it's lit from florida florida attic it's stunning was it you that was talking to we saw we both of us like came across that picture of them on the roof but it was like obviously a scene from behind the scenes and you could see like the the sky like looked like a it looked like a sound stage like the whole roof it was yeah right it was definitely a set uh photo which is great post that picture somewhere let's do it in the end of the book um 
it's less cinematic. Um, they yeah. end up going on a search for, so I think seeing the dove's heart in the tray kind of reminded them of the drugstore girl from the beginning of the story. And at the very end, it's not to the very end that we learn her name is Irene. So the girls are like intrigued. They go looking for the drugstore girl and they get to the drug shop and the owner is like, oh, you mean Irene? Oh, she moved to Florida after her husband died. So she is living it up in like St. Augustine, just just being her. I wonder if she's still mute or after he died. Yeah, did she get her it. voice back? Yeah. I don't did know. You got to ask Alice himself? Hoffman. Poor yeah. girl. Did but hey, man. Break? I'm wondering. Hey. As mentioned before, there were a, quite a few additional characters. And some of the ones in the book were a young boy named Gideon Barnes. And he is Kylie's bestie. Um, he's very smart. He kind of dresses like a punk. He's ha he has a shaved head. He probably wears docks. He... Um, he just doesn't like authority. We have Ben Fry, who we mentioned. He is the science teacher at the girls' school and Jillian's love interest. We have the shop girl, Irene. We have Mr. Hallowell. He is the school principal. And we also have Sonny, who is Gary's grandfather. So then characters from the film are the Verbena employees, which are Linda Bennett as Clara and Margot Martindale as Chloe Webb. Um, and then we have the phone tree day participants, which... Um, Margot and Linda are included in that little phone tree day, which ends up being the coven at the end, as well as Annabella Price as the lovelorn lady, which we see in the intro with the on spell. And then also Martha Geeman as Patty, Mary Gross as Debbie, and Cordelia Richards as Nan, and then also Lucinda Jenny as Sarah, the woman who at the end says, I always wanted to see inside your house ever since I was a little girl. And she's the leader of the phone tree. It's just a cool thing to see them all come together at the end in support of Sally, even after yes. all those years of being ostracized by them. Yeah. Cool. So the Verbena employees were part of the phone tree. Why weren't yeah. they there at that meeting that day? They weren't? Because remember, like Sally like slams down her little planner and her book and she storms out. And they're and she's like, did, uh, Jillian's like, did I do something oh, yeah, wrong? And right, she's like, phone right. tree day. And they're not at, oh, they're not in that right. classroom. Okay, so then at the end, they were just called as backup as her friends who worked in her shop. They Got it. Weren't part of the phone tree then? I guess not. Got it. Um, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> All right. I just, I just, uh, I just looped them into the phone tree because they were also part of that end scene. Yes. So that's where I was going with that. But yeah, they were Got not it. part of the phone tree. They just worked at Sally's apothecary shop and that's how they were looped into the whole fiasco at the end just extra support <laughs> <laughs> i love i so margo martindale is the woman i was thinking of who is in let's clean house. everything yeah <laughs> so a little trivia here mary gross uh, who plays debbie also plays mrs quick in sabrina the teenage witch she ah. is one of their teachers um she looks like her young picture i'm looking at on IMDb looks like Julie Andrews with her little short haircut. Oh, I love Julie her. Andrews. Good That's on her. Cute. I know. What's that TikTok thing? Don't don't make any sudden trips. <laughs> don't make unnecessary journeys. <laughs> we have to protect her. Oh All right, God. guys, you made it this far. We have our final quote that uh, is a little differing. So at the very end of the book, it is the last line in the book and the last line in the movie, I think. We have always throw spilt salt over your left shoulder, keep rosemary by your garden gate, add pepper to your mashed potatoes, plant roses and lavender for luck. Fall in love whenever you can. Yeah. And the, mu the movie is basically the same except for the add pepper to your mashed potatoes line, right? Always and the roses. And oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, the movie is Always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Plant lavender for luck and fall in love whenever you can. So they condensed it a little bit for the movie. Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. Everybody. Good old Alan. So you guys are, you, if you're hanging in there, you're doing a great job. We have a, a little more to come. We have some more goodies for you. We're going to take a quick break, though. How does that sound? I think that sounds spectacular. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Tongue pop. Hey, we're the Stinas, and you're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. Dokes. So we are back. And if you guys made it this far, we really commend you. This is a big one. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. We're yes. sorry for dumping all this information on you at once, but hey. I think this one was super important because there are fans of both book and movie and they right. they do differ. Um, right. So some of the things that the book has that the movie doesn't have that I would have really loved to see, and I know it's for time constraints and like the flow of the movie that it's not really necessary, but in the book, we get to see Kylie, who is the younger daughter, and a bit of her relationships with the other characters. So in the book, Kylie has a friendship with uh, a boy named Gideon. And it's so sweet and like pure and just like before, I guess before stuff gets cloudy of like, I like you, you like me kind of stuff. They play soccer, they play chess. They're very competitive with each other. They respect each other. They think each other are very smart. Um, And you see them kind of have a, a bit of a falling out, which I, I know, you know, lots of friendships have and it shows her coming to terms and kind of figuring out a way to reconcile with him, which I think is super sweet. And we don't see a lot of male-female relationships in stories that don't end in a romance. So I'm not saying later on down the line within Alice Hoffman's world that that doesn't happen, possible spoiler, but in this book, like they're just so sweet to each other. And it's nice having that person to confide in. So I would love to see that. Um, I would have loved to see a bit more of Kylie and Antonia's relationship in the movie because in the books they start out really at odds and butting heads and poor Kylie is always teased by Antonia and it takes this big shift uh, occurrence for their relationship to change. The coming of age story involved uh, in Kylie's timeline also is like a big thing. There's a whole 13th birthday party and uh, Jillian kind of takes her under her wing and they give her a makeover, you know, in the bathroom during during this party, which kind of catalysts is it catapults the her seeing auras um, and her being feeling like I'm I am this beautiful person. I am intricate and unique, and I'm gonna own that. So this causes a huge disruption. But again, timeline and not being really part of the magical story of Sally and Jillian. So yeah. I get it, but it was just something I would. I would have liked to see. Were there any yeah. things that you wanted to see? I I could see why they wouldn't make that a, I guess, a plot or a focal point in the film. I could see why they wanted to keep the kids kind of young throughout the entirety of the movie because they had these like blockbuster stars, Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. and Nicole Kimmon. And they probably didn't want to upstage those romance plot points with additional plot points or of, you know, the younger kids. So I can kind of see why they would have left that out. And let's see, what else? Um, and also, yeah, relation- Kylie's relationship with Gideon couldn't have happened um, unless she was older, which that's probably also why they left that out. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there were any anything if there was anything else that I would have necessarily liked to see in the movie, I agree that they probably cut a lot, a lot out for time constraints and to just have the movie flow a lot better for Hollywood's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think I would have liked to see more of the cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. liked to see more of the cats and their relationship with, like, the familiar relationship with that they have with the cat. Because okay. they do have the one cat in the film. So I would have liked to see, you know, that rela- relationship a little more as um as opposed to it just being a little kind of like a flash here and there on the screen mm-hmm. like they alluded to the, the to the cat and they kind of mm-hmm. paid homage to the cat since the cat's part of the books but they didn't really they, that's really all it was yeah there's so there's so much detail in the book that it's kind of hard to pinpoint what i would have liked to see or, absolutely you know. awesome yeah. so uh, as mentioned i had done something like a watered down version of this topic a long time ago on a YouTube uh, video. And we're going to link that video, but there were some comments that really uh, struck a chord that were really pertinent. Um, So we're going to, we didn't ask permission, but we're going to list these folks um, and what they said. Yeah. So uh, one of the comments is from Karen Walker's gin glass. Oh my gosh. I'm just getting that. Just kidding, Karen Walker. Um, so she says, I've seen the movie already and I'm halfway through the audiobook right now. 
One thing that I appreciate about the book is how we are able to see Sally transform from deeply depressed and non-functioning into a strong-willed, independent rock for her girls. She makes tough choices and sticks to them out of love for her children, and I find this very inspirational. And I have Aww. to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. police. Uh, police. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> it's loud in my mouth. It's loud in my mouth. Um. <laughs> Sally was able to pull herself out of a very dark place and Mm -hmm. it takes a very she's right it takes a very strong-willed person to do that and and she's just she's just a badass I don't know yeah yeah um and then Belladonna Bookworks says I love that name too Mm -hmm. one of one of the things I wanted to point out is that Gary says that the date is March 28th I think 1998 when he starts the tape recorder to Sally's confessional in the hotel so I think the timeline of the movie is early spring he also notes that it's too early for roses when he meets her at the house when she's cutting down the roses I think it's an error on the movie makers part to say they're going to a solstice celebration since she would have been celebrating the spring equinox which would have been about march 21st and would have lined up nicely with the timeline i have to agree with that yeah the person who wrote this should have done more research on the wheel of the year (laughs) 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 not another theater trash channel says the facet I found the most interesting, aside from hearing more about Kylie and Antonia, was the fact that they detailed Jillian's trauma from her relationship with Jimmy and how it affects her relationship with Ben and kind of makes her resistant to him at first and makes her feel like she doesn't deserve someone as good as him. Like in the scene where they finally decide to have sex, she keeps expecting him to be rough and forceful with her because that's how Jimmy was. That's yeah. a really good point. Oh my gosh, that'll yeah, past trauma. That's baby. a really good point. And yeah, the the whole trauma aspect, they really didn't dive too much into Jillian's trauma Mm-mm. Mm-mm. about about that at all. But Mm-mm. I'm guessing that that Jimmy, I mean not Jimmy, I, I'm guessing that that Jillian's acceptance towards abusive relationships definitely has a lot to do with her past traumas as a child. I'm definitely seeing like child trauma and how she's acting in her present day in the movie but we don't really see how the jimmy trauma um would play out in her then future life from that point on yeah we could that is such a like popcorn psychology thing it's like a deep dive but definitely like having been orphaned at such a young age having grown up in a household where the aunts are taking care of their basic fundamental needs but you know clothing them housing them feeding them and but that's it like she's having to like figure out what gets her the farthest Mm -hmm. um and what keeps her safe Mm -hmm. you know and and yeah that's a really great um insight into to that not another theater trash channel (laughs) love that name (laughs) yes i love that name okay and then our last comment that we're gonna kind of spotlight here i think you got a lot of a lot more comments than this right but there were uh there yeah please we're gonna link the video and there are other comments but these had to really deal with other um ideas or theories about okay the storyline all right so the last one is from mr emerald the green is that a, a, a reference to a book mr emerald the green or is that just like some random name? i don't know i don't know, yeah, I don't I don't know. know though i love it all right so Mr. Emerald the Green says, one of which was that it would have been impossible for Jillian to drive from Tucson to New England overnight. So I wanted to see if it specifically said where she starts from, then driving to Massachusetts. The other thing I found strange about this part in the story in the film is the girls and the aunts don't even seem to know Jillian has come for a visit. It just struck me as strange that Jillian would drive all that way, stay the night, and drive all the way back. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't strike me as strange because Jillian, like we've talked about when we were writing the song about her, she's like a fart in the wind. Like she <laughs> she does what she wants. She does what she wants. She's there and she's not. And honestly, she only wants to be seen by who she wants to be seen by. She didn't so, want to see the aunts. She wasn't she there for that. She was there she, to pull Sally yeah, out of her She was there for hole. her sister. And that's all she was there for. And then she was gone the next day. Because she yeah. didn't. She wasn't there to have a good time. She was there to she do. Wasn't, she was yeah. there to do her sisterly job. And that's it. So. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. That she wouldn't stay the night. Or say hi to the aunts or the girls. Because the, yeah. if, if from the movie. We, we learned that when Jilly comes back. Officially. And she sees the aunts again for the first time. That's also the first time she's even seeing her nieces. 
exactly and i think too like we see in the scene before she does the driving she is dosing jimmy and her in her mind she might be like okay i only have this amount of time to be gone Mm -hmm. so i need to get there and get back before he starts getting agitated or you know being violent again definitely so that was her chance she took it and she had to she had to get back yeah, but definitely, they are definitely right about the part. You cannot drive from <clears throat> Tucson to New England no, in one night. No. Yeah, <laughs> but ha- have maybe with Joni Mitchell, you can. Uh, did we miss anything? <laughs> yeah, please let us know if we missed anything. Um, I think if, so in my opinion, if the story was made today, I did a little bit of thinking because I wanted to ask you this earlier, but I, now it's like under, under, I don't know any actresses <laughs> off the top of my head but I was like okay if I write it down I'll think about it a little more so if this was made today um, who would be cast as I'm just gonna do Sally Jillian and the aunts because I had Maria the daughters Gary Jimmy mm-hmm. but I think it would be so amazing if Evan Rachel Wood played Jillian and oh, yeah. Camilla Bell played Sally oh, yeah. wouldn't that be sweet that would be awesome. um, like and as for the aunts I was trying to look up like <laughs> famous actresses over yeah. 30 you know and um but one what we, but what if we just had Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman play the aunt it's oh like, my god like, okay like yes 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm there how awesome would that be yeah yeah awesome yeah. oh man please don't ever remake this film <laughs> nobody remake this film you can make adaptations of well, the other stories a, there's been a few attempted at remakes which have all fallen through thus far so mm-hmm. maybe it's not meant to be touched maybe it's meant Mm-mm. to be a passage in time mm-hmm. uh, i mean alice hoffman she did her last three books in the series so i think we should just leave it at that and call it a yeah, day be done. <laughs> i was all for them making that hbo max series of yeah rules of magic but i was just really scared that they were gonna fuck something up i don't know I don't know. Well, they had the casting and everything, so I don't yeah. really know what happened. COVID happened, but um, yeah. please, yeah, sound off and let us know if we did miss anything. We want to know. We want to know so we can add it to our notes yes. <laughs> for, for you guys. Send us those voice messages. You can get our link where you can send us those voice messages in the description and the show notes down below, mm-hmm. and also via our Koji link in our bio in our Instagram page, which is at Magnolia Street Podcast on Instagram. And you can also send us any comments or questions or anything else. If we miss anything, you can also catch us outside. How about that? How about you that? Can, you can also send us a an email at Magnolia Street Podcast at gmail.com. There are four tiers, one, a $1, $3, $5, $8. And they all have some really awesome goodies that we can't wait to share with you guys. We're just like, please, somebody, somebody yeah. sign up so we can send you all these goodies. Um, yeah. But if you click on the Patreon link, it's all listed out there to read in their descriptions. Yeah. And the $1 you get to vote on uh, what the our upcoming topics will be. So that's a lot of yes. fun. And then the $3, I won't go further than this, but the $3, you actually get our show notes. So if you have any questions or want to revert back to anything that we covered on this hella long episode of, yes. of the show, then you can find this whole, the show notes for this entire episode on our $3 tier. But our Patreon link is actually patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. Awesome. All of the socials, all of the sources, all of the disclaimer, everything is in the description, like the show description at the bottom. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed this long episode of Magnolia Street Podcast. I'm Justina. I'm Christina. And we'll see you next time. At that house down the street. On Magnolia Street, would you go down to Magnolia Street with the Wisteria Girl? Wow, and the house of magic and mystery. So, would you go down to Magnolia Street? <laughs> it's so loud in my mouth, it's so loud in my mouth. So I'm going to try to hold the phone out here and see if that helps. Okay. <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound like shit. <laughs> I'm going to like randomly, I'm going to randomly think about that, like throughout this recording and just like start cracking up. Can we slide that in at the end of the episode? It's so loud in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why.
why I said that. <laughs>